Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go tonight to 2 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. As you're going, say this with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. It is the indestructible, unchangeable, eternal Word of God. Tonight, I will hear the Word of God. I will apply it to my life, and it will change my life. And I will never, never, never be the same in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, we're going to continue with this that we've been looking at, living out of your spirit. And uh, we're focusing tonight on the origins of our spirit, the origin of our spirit. Uh, The Bible has a lot to say about it. And um, the reason this is so important is I am a spirit, all right? You've got to understand that you can live so long. We're we're taught from from the time that we're able to uh, be cognizant of feelings, of emotions, all right? It, you'll, you'll hear people say things like, well, you know, you, you just need to give place to your emotions. I mean, we're emotional beings. No, we're not. Amen. We have emotions, but we're not emotional beings. Amen. All right? All of those things were always supposed to be secondary to my spirit. Amen. All right? Um, you know, I've had, I've had people, uh, I've heard people talk to other people and say, well, now you can't keep everything bottled up. You know, you need to, you need to just let it all out. Well, what they're saying is give your flesh, give your emotions first place. All right? And, and the fact that we have emotions, you know, uh, uh, happiness, for instance, is an emotion. And there are things that make you happy and 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 that's fine that you show that you're happy. Uh, you know, being upset about something is an emotion, and there are times that it's right to be upset. But here's the thing. If, if I allow that to start overriding my life, and that becomes the core, then I'm on shaky ground. All right? The Spirit came first. The Spirit of every person came first. All right? And you always, what is first is always what gets the preeminence. All right? Because I am a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. I possess a soul, and I live in a body. One more time, let me say it. I am a spirit. I possess a soul, and I live in a body. Oh, hallelujah. Because you cannot live a successful life as a believer without learning to live out of your spirit, all right? It's just, it is, a, it is a prerequisite. Let's go over tonight 
to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And uh, we want to look at, we're going to get into a lot of other things. Uh, we're, we're going to study before this series is over the, the, the threefold nature of God, uh, the threefold nature of Christ, the threefold nature of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if we're created in their likeness and in their image, then there has to be similarities that can be found in the Word of God. And uh, uh, so Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes here, Solomon, is talking about death, about when death occurs. And he begins in verse 6. Well, let's start in verse 5 to get the complete context. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, the desire shall fail, because men, man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. So when he says man goes to his long home, man goes to his eternal home. So even uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes realized there's an eternal place that we go to when we die, all right? And he says, or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, all of those represent parts of the body that when you die, they cease to function. The pulmonary functions, the, the uh, uh, brain functions, but then he says, then shall the dust return to the earth. Well, what's the dust? Your body. Then will your body return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return to God who gave it. The Spirit shall return to God who gave it. Now, let's go over to the book of Genesis because I want you to see this, and it may seem elementary, but I want you to see that the Spirit came first. Amen. Uh, Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, in our resemblance, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, fowl of the air, cattle, over all the earth, every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So we see the creation of man, but yet we don't see a body. This is important. Because man's not a body. The body carries the man. All right? Chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So the spirit came first. When God formed the body, when God formed the carrying case, then he breathed into that, and he breathed the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The spirit came first, all right? And Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12, the spirit will return to God who gave it. All right, the dust will return to the earth, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Look at Zechariah chapter 12. 
Zechariah chapter 12. The, the origins of a thing. It's so important because of what you are. See, I have, to, I have to look at myself as what God intended me to be. When, when we read, for instance, we teach a lot around here on the in Christ realities. Why do you refer to yourself as a new creature in Christ? Because that's how God sees you. Why do you see yourself and talk about yourself as the righteousness of God? Because that's how God sees you. Why do you talk about yourself as more than a conqueror, able to do all things through Christ? Because that's how God sees you. Why do you, why do you say, I'm a spirit? Because that's how God sees you. That's how God sees you. God looks at you. Understand this. When, when, when Samuel stood before David's brothers, and he stood before Eliab, who the Bible says was handsome, right, Eliab, and he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. And what did God tell Samuel? Don't look on the outward appearance because I look on the heart. What's the heart? Always interchangeable throughout Scripture with the Spirit. God says, I look at the Spirit that's in the body. I don't look at the body. I look at the spirit that's in the body. That's why Paul could say that God takes those things that are thought less of. God takes those people that people don't think very much of and confounds the wise because God's looking at the spirit and not the body. Oh, glory be to God. Hey, aren't you glad? That, that's why the Apostle Paul could say there's not Jew nor Greek, male or female, bond or free, right? He says in Christ what matters is a new creature. That's why racism and prejudice is some of the most ignorant things that has ever come up in people's minds. Because your spirit doesn't have a color. You don't have a white spirit or a black spirit. You don't have a Mexican spirit or a mixed spirit. You got God's spirit. Your spirit came from God. And when you start focusing on what's on the outside, you'll miss everything God has for you. Amen. I've had people say, I couldn't sit under a woman pastor. Well, you're in the wrong church. If that's your idea, you're in the wrong church. Because the bottom line is this, there's not male or female. God, does, God doesn't look at someone and go, well, you know, you could really do something if you were a man. You're a spirit. Oh, glory to God. Am I helping you? Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord that stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundations of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. Who forms the spirit of man within him? God does. God is still putting spirits into every man that comes into the earth. Oh, hallelujah. So notice, we, we saw in, in Ecclesiastes, God gives the spirit. Here we have God forms the spirit of man within him. All right? So we're getting the understanding that the origin of my spirit is God. It came from God. Oh, hallelujah. Do, 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 you, do you see that? Amen. Uh, look at Jeremiah 1. I'm glad I came to church tonight. I know some of y'all come through that back up on 430. 
I was glad I wasn't there. Now, Jeremiah 1, verse 4. Now, we've read these verses, but I want you to see this. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, the word of who? The The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, before I formed you in the womb, King James says the belly, in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. I was intimate with you. Right? You you cannot know somebody who's not somebody. You cannot know somebody who is not somebody. In other words, you can't know someone who doesn't exist. Before I formed you, who formed him? Who formed him? God did, right? He said he'll go back, the, the, the spirit will go to God who gave it. Zechariah says, I formed the spirit of man within him. And right here he tells Jeremiah, I formed you before I formed you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, you did not get your assignment after you were old enough to figure it out. You had your assignment when you were born into the earth. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that all of your days have been numbered and prepared. God has it all lined out. My job is to live out of my spirit. If I live out of my spirit, my, my future and, my, and what God wants me to do has already been downloaded into my spirit. And the quicker, see, the quicker I get a hold of what God wants me to do, the faster I'm able to figure it out. Oh, glory. See, there's people you know and I know, they didn't figure out the plan of God till they were in their 20s or their 30s. But there are people that figured out the plan of God when they were 8 and, and knew that God wanted them to do something when they were 5 or 6 because it, it's all about when you get a hold of it. But he said, before you were even formed in the womb, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. Glory. So before I formed you, I knew you. And before you were born, I ordained you. Glory be to God. Do you see that? See, it's the origin. So nothing's by coincidence. Oh, hallelujah. You're doing what you're doing for God today. Because God sanctified you and ordained you to do it. Oh, glory to God. And, and that's why when you stay with what God said, no matter what the devil does and no matter what he throws your way and no matter what challenges you may face, the calling and the ordination of God that was on you from before you were ever formed in your mother's womb and before you were ever born is the direction that God will have you go. The blueprint for your life is already there. The schematic is already available. All I have to do is live out of my spirit. My spirit knows which way to go. That's so important. I've had people over the years, they'll say, well, how do you know what to do? Well, I don't, I don't really understand that question. Because it's, it's just looking on the inside and doing what I find on the inside. Glory. So God told Jeremiah, notice, I formed you in the womb. I formed you. Oh, hallelujah. 
Isn't that great? So see, God formed you. And, and that day you begin to have a desire for whatever God wanted you to do or wants you to do. It's because when God formed you, he put it in you. The Bible says it's God that puts in us the will to do what he wants us to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Look, look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12. This is so rich. You know, that's why people, people will come to the church. And, and, you know, people go to other churches and feel the same way. But they'll come to our church and they'll say, I just feel like every message, you're speaking right to me. This is where you're supposed to be. This is where you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to be hearing. Amen. I, I remember Pastor Michelle and I first moved to Kansas City and the Kansas City area all those years ago. And we, we finally found a church. Uh, to go to Deeper Life Christian Ministries over in Grandview, Missouri, Pastor E.C. Morton. And, and we went over there, and the midweek services, midweek services, man, they became some of my favorite services because their midweek services were Wednesday and Friday. And we had two services on Sunday. But, man, you would work all day Wednesday and be wore out, but you just knew if I can just get to church, if I can just get there and get into church, everything's going to be all right. Amen. Because that was an ordained time for my life that God had some things that needed to be spoken to my life and spoken to my ministry that was going to help me in the future. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh that corrected us, and we gave them reverence or respect Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Notice he's the Father of spirits. Hallelujah. Now, someone may say, well, you know, God's not the Father of all spirits. Oh, but he is. Has to be. Amen. He created every spirit being in the universe. Now, now here's where you gotta you gotta think right, because people think every spirit being, and they think demons and angels and not themselves. Why does an angel not have a human body? He doesn't need one. Why do you have a human body? You need one. Are you following me? Amen. But God created every spirit in the universe, every spirit being in the universe. God created all the angels. God created all the demons. He didn't create them demons. They became demons. But he created them. And that's why every spirit being in the universe must bow their knee to Jesus because he's the one that created them. Oh, hallelujah. See, if God fathered your spirit and he did, you are, oh, Lord, help me say this correctly. You are in the God class. Not God, but in the God class. My children are not me, but they are in my lineage. You can't get around that. If you take a blood test of my sons, it's going to come back still positive because I'm their father. 
If God is the father of your spirit, and he is, then you have the DNA of God in you. You're a born overcomer, right? You're, you're a born victor over all the power of the enemy because God is your father. Amen. That's part of living out of your spirit. And religion, it's taken religion thousands of years to dumb down the church and make them think that, that somehow or another they're just worms groveling in the dust when God is their literal father. Not, not sort of. If, he, if I'm a spirit, and I am, and he's the father of of the spirit within me, then God's my father. Not in a adoptive sort of sense. In a real sense. Does that make sense? Glory to God. Amen. Glory. We're created through a partnership. Fathers of the flesh and the father of spirits. Every person is born with a spirit that comes from God. But all creation was made subject to sin. Now, notice in Romans 5, Romans chapter 5. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. See, but you got you to remain cognizant of that. How do I know that I win in every situation? God's my Father. See, very often people talk and they will emphasize Jesus' relationship with the Father. Well, I'm supposed to imitate that relationship. What did Jesus get in trouble for the most? Saying God was his Father. Right? When, when, you, start, when you start telling people that God is the Father of your spirit, and that God is your father in a very real sense. You know, there are people that will quote the so-called Lord's Prayer. And they'll, and, they'll, and, they'll, and they'll say, well, our Father. And don't, they don't no more believe it than a man in the moon. They no more believe God's their Father than a man in the moon. They believe they're just an old sinner saved by grace. And they're just lucky to be here. Just grateful that God didn't strike them dead the other day when they messed up. Amen. Listen, I know of what I speak. In our Pentecostal denomination, there was a man who used to be a country music singer, and he wrote, he wrote a really religious song entitled, I'm a Worm. And they would sing it, talking about I'm just a worm. Don't deserve anything from God. I'm just a worm. And, and, and that's how they lived. If, you, if you'd have told that group of people, God's my father, they listen, they might have stoned you calling on God. <laughs> Amen. But we've already seen three scriptures where God gives the spirit to man. Amen. I live, Paul said, the life I live, I live in the flesh, but by the Spirit of God. I got to live in this body. I, I live in this body. But this body's not me. Look, look at Romans 5.12. 
Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, death by sin, death passed on all men, for that all have sinned. So when we were born, we were made subject and born subject to the fall, but we received our spirit from God. Oh, hallelujah. See, God, his capacity is unfathomable. Why did he put a spirit within every person? Because for two reasons. Number one, he knew every person was going to sin. Every person was going was to go astray to some extent. That person in that, in that state had to have an avenue open for God to deal with them. And when that person turned and confessed Jesus as their Lord, there was a spirit within that person that God could deal with. Ever, ever how dead in sin it was, it was there. Glory to God. Some of y'all remember when you were raised in church and some of y'all backslid and went away from the Lord, right? But even in the midst of doing some things that you knew were wrong, something on the inside of you was reaching out for the things of God. Well, well, why was that? That was the part of you that God, that God put in there. And you were living after the flesh, but your spirit was not just saying this isn't right. Your spirit was trying to take you in the direction where freedom was and victory was. Why? Because God could deal with your spirit. You'd get quiet and God would start dealing with your spirit. Amen. I've heard stories of people, they'd, they'd try to go to the bar, try, you know, try to go do whatever, whatever they would do, and, and they'd be sitting there on the bar and make everybody mad because they'd start talking about the end times. We're all going to hell. And all of us, you know, we're all going to hell if we don't change what we're doing. Well, nobody wants to drink with that. <laughs> well, that wasn't just teaching. That was, that was their spirit. Reaching out for the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I used to know, we, you know, we started our ministry. Uh, we called our ministry Jesus on the Avenue. And uh, uh, we, were, we, we had a, our ministry started in a, a daycare. A lady let us start, use the daycare down uh, in 6th and Indiana is, is about where it was in, in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, Independence Avenue. Now, Independence Avenue in Kansas City, Missouri, is the red light district. All right, that's where that's where all the ladies of the evening are, and and right, it's just it's it's it is what it is. That's where we started our ministry. And there's a guy there that that had been oh he had been uh, 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 homeless for I don't know two or three years at that point. His name was Tommy. Tommy was a backslidden Assembly of God preacher. And I've, I've watched this. He would, he would go, he would go and, and get messed up on whatever he could find to get messed up on. And I was standing there with him one day, and, and, and just out of the clear blue, just out of the clear blue, he was, he was almost stone cold sober. And he just started, And I'm listening to him, and I think, that's the Holy Ghost. My spirit bore witness with that. People say, yeah, but he was a, a homeless alcoholic. But he had a spirit yeah. that was given to him by God. Yeah. 
that was reaching out for the things of God. And, and I'd have all those people, all those men and women would come to our meetings. And, you know, in the beginning, they came to get something physically from us. But after a while, after about a year, they didn't want any of our physical stuff. They wanted the Word of God. Their spirit just kept reaching out for it. Their spirit kept reaching out for it. There's a spirit in man. Am I helping you? Look at John chapter 1. This is what you got to understand. Yeah, but my child's away from God. Yeah, but they have a spirit that was given to them by God. God can reach them through their spirit. That, that's, listen, that's why they can be asleep and God can reach them in their sleep because they have a spirit that was given to them by God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. John 1, and let's start in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 9, that was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. That was the true light, Jesus, that lights every man that comes in the world. So Jesus is the light that lights every man. See, we don't come into this world when we were born. That's what people think. Well, you know, my first day. No, that was the first day in your earth suit. That was not the first day that you, that's not when you showed up. You, you understand? And, and, and I'm not being political, but it still has to, be set, has to be said. That's why people, you know, people will lead you to believe that when, for instance, when a person aborts a child, that because it's at a certain stage of gestation, that, that, you know, it wasn't a person. The Spirit shows up at conception. And when you destroy the body of that child, you destroy that, that child's ability to function in the earth. Well, where does that child's spirit go? Back to God. Are you following me? See, this is what we got to see. The Spirit shows up at conception. If the Spirit showed up at conception, that's a person. At conception. Not three months later. Not when they can detect a heartbeat. When that child was conceived, they became a person. It's important. It's important. Because it puts, it puts what we call pro-life into perspective. Because listen, listen, if that, if that baby at, at two, two days, three days a week, if that's not a person, then, then how do we define personhood? What, now, now think, if, if you can say that's not a person because of how young they are, then there could possibly be a day when you're no longer a person because of how old you are. If you have no value for life at six weeks, you'll have no value for life at 60 years. 
And that's why the same people that argue for abortion argue for euthanasia. They argue for assisted suicide because life doesn't mean anything because they have never come into contact and lived out of their spirit. When you got born again and started living out of your spirit, there were things you just knew weren't right and you had never heard anything out of the Bible about it. You just knew that isn't right. Because you started living out of your spirit. Amen. Amen. You understand? You know, I, 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 always, I always point out my wife. You know, when Michelle got saved, when she got born again, nobody had to to- tell her to quit shooting heroin. Nobody had to tell her to quit shooting cocaine. She just quit. Now, God supernaturally enabled it, but nobody had to tell her. There are people on the sound of my voice. When you got born again, nobody had to tell you to quit cussing. You just quit. Why? Because you started living out of your spirit. There's no cussing Christians. You don't have Christians running around cussing a blue streak. We've changed. Our spirit is in charge. And my spirit doesn't cuss. Aren't you glad? Oh, glory. See, before we were born, our earth suit wasn't ready. But my spirit showed up at conception. For anything to be alive, and I'm talking human being, there has to be a spirit. An animal has a soul but not a spirit. But they have a soul in the sense that they can make decisions. They have no soul where it pertains to knowing right from wrong. Right? A dog is a dog is a dog, and they're going to act like a dog. They make decisions dogs make. Isn't that right? And, and they don't feel bad about it. Amen. A dog will sleep with any other dog, and they don't think anything about it. Because they don't have that... that cognition that this is not right why they don't have a spirit guiding their soul am i helping you look at luke chapter one i want to drive this home i got a whole other page to get to my goodness got about 15 minutes to do it (laughs) if my friend prophet ford was here he'd say why I, I, had, I had preached an hour and 15 minutes at his ministry, and I said, oh, I got to quit. And he said, why? I just preached 20 more minutes. It is an hour of power. We try to keep it about that. Luke 1, This is uh, Elizabeth speaking to Mary. As soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the babe in my womb leaped for joy. In order to leap for joy, you must have a spirit. Why? Joy is the fruit of the spirit. To to leap for joy, you got to have a spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Man gives the body. God gives the spirit. See, man create, God created Adam's body in the beginning And and notice, he did not create 
from the dirt the body of Eve. He took Eve out of Adam. Why? Like produces like. So at that, at that moment, within man was all the reproductive mechanisms. Within the woman was the reproductive mechanisms to what? To produce more men, more mankind. Like produces like. So you can, if, if, and, and you can, if you could trace your lineage all the way back, you would trace it back to that day that God formed Adam in the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The Bible says we were all made of one blood, all of us. Amen. Reproduction in, in the human race occurs the same way for every person. Right? Are you, are you following me? Like produces like. So man gives the body, God gives the spirit. At conception, the spirit shows up. Look at Romans 2. Whew. Now, I used to tell the Bible school students, when you read your Bible, read your Bible. Don't just read your Bible. Read your Bible. Romans 2, 11 through 15. For there is no respect of persons with God. As many as have sinned without law will perish without law. As many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God. The doers of the law will be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law to themselves that show the work of the law written in their hearts their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. If God had no part in the heathen's creation, how did his law become written on their heart? Amen. Now think about that. He didn't say these people were saved. They're not. He calls them Gentiles, those without a covenant. Every person's born into this earth unsaved, but every person's born into this earth is born innocent. This is so important into what we're going to get into. It's easier to live by your spirit. The quicker that you're reached in that state of innocence, the easier it is to live out of your spirit. He says these Gentiles, these non-believers were doing, notice what he said. He said they were doing by nature the things contained in the law. So they were not doing things like they, they, they weren't committing adultery. They weren't lying. They weren't stealing. And he says, he says they, don't, they don't even have the law. They're just doing by nature what's contained in the law. Amen. See, when he was conceived, when this heathen was conceived, God placed his image and his spirit in that child. Hallelujah. Our spirit didn't come from the devil. How, now, how do I know that? The devil can't create anything. He's, not, he's a created being, not a creative being. See, the devil's words won't come to pass if you don't put them in your mouth and say them. 
Because he can't create anything. But now think about this. Why does he got to use your words? Because you can create something. Why? Who fathered your spirit? (sighs) My Lord, my Lord. That's why after he put the spirit in Adam, then he brought the animals and said, now, Adam, name them. Now, think about this. Why didn't God just say, name them? God, evidently, he named everything else. Why didn't he name the animals? Because Adam was the one going to be in authority over them. They were already under God's authority. He created them. But he gave man the authority over them. How did he do that? He put his spirit in man. Oh, glory. The Lord told Brother Copeland one time, he said, if you put on the whole armor of God and pull the face shield down on that helmet and don't say anything stupid, the devil won't know if it's me or you. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. See, he didn't get his spirit from mom and dad. Why? Like produces like. If he got his spirit from mom and dad, then saved parents would produce saved children. Unsaved parents would produce unsaved children. The spirit came from God. Now, here's where, here's where living out of our spirits at times is hindered, especially in younger years, because preachers will say, well, you know, little children, you know, they all go to heaven. And the reason for this is what they call the age of accountability. The problem with that is you can't find the age of accountability in the Bible. Now, every child is born innocent. Every child is born innocent. And people will say, well, do you believe that little children go to heaven? Well, I do, but not based on the age of accountability, based on their innocence. But there's come a time in everybody's life when you quit being innocent. When do you quit being innocent? When you realize the difference between right and wrong. You understand? And, th- and, that, and that, comes, that comes to different people at different ages. If God gave the spirit, it's not a perverted, wicked, sinful spirit. And we know he did. The spirit will go back to God who gave it. It's not a wicked, sinful spirit, it's put in a body that has the curse on it. That body will die. Isn't it amazing how how God is so... I I want Good does not explain it or describe it. God places his plans. He puts his spirit within us, puts that spirit in our bodies, this, our bodies are on an earth that's exposed to the curse. Our bodies are exposed to the curse, yet he gives us the power to live over the curse. Do, do you realize how supernatural you are? Because you're living in an earth that is eating up other people and spitting them out, and you're thriving and prospering and overcoming all, Because you have a spirit that's from God and it's been placed in a body that's been redeemed from the curse by Christ Jesus 
And that means we are not going to have to die sick or die without what we need. One day we'll just outlive our usefulness on this earth and we'll kick back and just go home. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. See, that child will make the same choice Adam did. He'll sin. In Adam, all die. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, in Adam, all die. Now, here's what I'm, I'm wanting you to see. So the quicker, the quicker that child begins to learn how to live out of their spirit, the quicker they come to the knowledge of Christ in that stage of innocence. That's the key. That's the key. All right? The reason why a lot of people have a hard time living out of their spirit, amen, is because nobody ever taught them that you're a spirit. You can look on the inside. Oh, hallelujah. Look at, look at Matthew 18. Are you receiving? See, the spirit came first. I'm working so hard on seeing that as even more of a reality in my own life. I am a spirit. Oh, hallelujah. See, that's why Paul would say things like, he would say, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. There's something that it's called a non secretier All right, and it's a statement that doesn't make sense. I am crucified, yet I live. Yet not I. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Until you, until you separate the eyes. I, old, my, old man, is crucified with the Christ. And I, new man, spirit man, lives. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Paul said, I buffet my body. I bring it into subjection. I, do, I buffet my body. Amen. See, you don't, you, don't, you, don't ever, you don't ever put yourself together with your body. I'm not my body. I'm not my body. Listen, that stops people from being healed. That stops people from being delivered because they're so wrapped up in the body. And if they get a bad report in the body, they start saying, I have this and I have that. Listen, I'm, I'm, understand what I'm saying here. I realize that bodies get sick, bodies face challenges. But think, you, you cannot be sick because spirits cannot be sick. My body can be sick. But I, through the Spirit, have access to the healing power of God in His Word, and I can put that in my spirit and speak it over my body, and the Word will heal my body. But it's my body. I'm not the body. It's my body. Amen. Glory. And that's, and that's how you have to live. Glory. I got about five minutes. I can do it. Amen. That's why in, in any area, 
when, when, when a person says things, and you know, there are things we wouldn't say, and we, we wouldn't say them because they're, you know, in our circles, they're negative. They're doubt. They're not, you know, they're not faith words. But think about this. Think about why it's such a problem. I'm a failure. I'm not very smart. I'm whatever. You're owning that and calling you what your body is. Who put the spirit in you? Who formed it in you? Who gave it to you? Is, is there any wisdom that God doesn't have? It, what, what's that? Is there, is there anything God doesn't know? And when you're living out of your spirit, you're directly linked up to God. And all he's got to do is download it. But if, but if you're constantly saying, I'm this or I'm that, that's like a malware attack, right, a against the download. It's a virus. My body is important for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was purchased by God. I don't ever downplay it. Number two, it's important because it's what enables me to get my assignment done on the earth. Right? But it's not me. It's not me. Amen. See, I'm, I'm telling you something. I've had people ask me over the years, how, how is it that you, you seem to just stay the same and you're always on and you're, I'm living out of my spirit? My body has no say in what I'm going to do. I'm going to live out of my spirit. Amen. I, I was, is it okay if I tell you another story? I was sitting in my office one night with a couple of young men, and they were asking me, and, 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 I'm, and, and uh, uh, well, you don't know them anyway, but, but they were asking me some questions, and one of them was, was dealing with a problem that he had. And, and this problem involved looking at things on the Internet that he shouldn't look at. You can figure out what it was. And uh, he said, I know that you don't have that problem. And I said, well, no, I don't have that problem. I said, but you think it's because I'm a preacher. But it's because I'm living out of my spirit. You, you follow what I'm saying? But when that person is constantly looking at what their flesh wants, and, th and that's, that's the main thing. I don't know how I got over here again, but I'm here, so I'm just going to go that way. And that's why if it's just appealing to your flesh, if it's just appealing to your, to your, to your, your feelings, you better back up and double check it and triple check it and quadruple check it. Because if you look inside, your spirit might be uneasy about it. Well, what do you do if your spirit's uneasy about it? Stop. Full stop. Don't go another step. Why? Because my spirit's uneasy. Yeah, but I've already made plans. You, hey, you better not go through with some plans with an uneasiness in your spirit. Because that's the command center. That's the control center. And I've had people tell me, but I've already spent the money. You better, you better just write that off as a lesson learned or you'll owe a lot more. I'm I'm serious. Amen. Glory. 
I've known people that married somebody that they knew in their spirit they shouldn't have married. But they were already involved. Listen, get mad. Get mad, throw a fit. Call me all kind of names. Tell them I left you at the altar. But I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Why? Because if it's not coming out of my spirit, if there's an uneasiness here, me and you are better off. Because you won't like me very much living out of my flesh. You know why y'all like me so much? I live out of my spirit. You wouldn't like me living out of my flesh. I am a very, I am a very demanding, very, very hard to get along with person living out of my flesh. I despise, I despise mistakes. I despise a lack of plan in my flesh. I've had to learn to temper that with my spirit. Amen. Are, are you following what I'm saying? I know none of y'all are like that. I understand. You're, 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 you know, you're mature. You're growing. You're, you're, right? Y'all pray for me. Living out of your spirit. Matthew 18. We won't take the time to read all of this, but this is when Jesus, verse 10, notice he said, take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. Children. Children. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. And then he went through what we call the parable of the, the 99 sheep. Here's what I want you to see. He compares these children to sheep, and they're all in the sheepfold. One left, and Jesus went out after him. Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We didn't start out astray. We went astray. Didn't start there. Started innocent. Started innocent. Everybody started innocent. And if you think back hard enough, you can start remembering when you begin to recognize right from wrong. And now, whatever, whatever guidance you were under determined which direction you went. Right? Hallelujah. Do you see that? Because I've got to recognize that. And I know everybody in here doesn't have small children. I have small children. Others do. And, and even if you have grandchildren, nieces, nephews, whatever it may be, you got to recognize something. you you got to recognize the gravity. you got to recognize the responsibility of teaching that child to live out of their spirit and live after the things of God. Amen. Makes all the difference in the world. Makes all the difference in the world. Let's look at one last verse. Romans chapter 7. The origins of our spirit. Notice what Paul said here. Oh, hallelujah. Your spirit's of God. Romans 7, verse 9, Paul said this, I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. So Paul's saying, I was alive until the law, and I died, or my spirit died. When he was taught the law, he realized the difference between right and wrong. See, that's why the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents the law. The moment they became aware of right from wrong, they died spiritually. Why? They were no Adam and Eve up until the time of the fall. That's called the dispensation of innocence. Six different dispensations that you find in the Bible. That's the dispensation of innocence. Innocence. Man did not know right from wrong. 
They only knew right. They didn't know there was a wrong. The moment they ate of that tree, they got the knowledge of right and wrong. How did they get the knowledge of right and wrong? They did what was wrong. Very simple. Well, what happened? What, what happened? Innocence left. That's why then when they looked at each other and saw that they were unclothed, that's why they became ashamed. It's because there was no more innocence. Amen. I got little kids, and you know, little kids who get out of the tub and run through the living room going, I'm naked, I'm naked, I'm naked, and just that, no shame. Right? Hallelujah. Then not nobody else run through the living room. Right? Because that's innocence. Right, what, now listen, listen. What has to happen? They have to be taught. Shame. Shame is taught. Guilt is taught. Amen. It, do you understand? It dismantles innocence. That's why when a child does wrong, if you point out the wrongdoing to the child and correct it, you have to do it without shame and guilt. Tell you what, I'd be ashamed of myself having done that. You, listen, you're killing that child's spirit. There's no shame in correction. Correction, the Bible says, is life. It says it drives those things out of their life. It's important. It's, I say it's important. Hallelujah. Our spirit was there first. That's why I got to learn to live out of my spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, I had, well, here recently, one of, uh, uh, had a situation that I had to deal with. And, 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 you know, it's, uh, I don't want to say this. Oh, I was dealing with a brother one time, and his child had made a mistake. And I told him, I said, you need to quit being embarrassed, quit being embarrassed about your child being a child. Children are children. Right? You can't, you can't put a 25-year-old head on a 6-year-old child. Although I do know some 25-year-olds that have a six-year-old head. But, but here's, the, here's the point. What, why did I tell him that? Because constantly berating a child and making them feel like they did something wrong when they're just being a child is affecting their innocence. It's affecting their innocence. They're going to live out of their spirit or they're going to live out of their flesh. And if you teach a child to be ashamed, they'll live out of shame. And if they live out of shame, they'll be hiding things. And they won't be open. You want to, and, and, and I know I'm talking about children, but it, it applies to all of us. What happened to Adam and Eve when they gained the knowledge of right from wrong? What did they do? They hid. Why did they hide from God? Shame. Who brought the shame? Who, who, who encouraged the shame? The devil. What did God do? He didn't, he didn't come in the garden and say, where y'all at? 
Get out here. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Why? He came in the garden calling their name, didn't he? He said, where are you at? They said, well, we hid ourselves because we were naked. Well, who told you? Well, he knew, but who told you? Have you noticed in that, those verses, God never told him, shame on you? God never told him to be ashamed? Did he? Hallelujah. You got to live out of your spirit because your spirit came first. Your spirit came first. And the people that you deal with, that the, the brothers and sisters that you deal with in the church, you're, if you deal with them from a fleshly standpoint, you'll always have problems. You got to deal with them as people that are spirits, people that are bought by the blood of Jesus. You don't, you don't amen. Paul said, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. That's so important. Because we, we often quote Romans, you know, First uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. What's the verse before that say? Henceforth know we no man after the flesh. That's important. If you don't know him after the flesh, what do you know him after? The spirit. Amen? I mean, I even know left side Larry after the spirit. You say, what's that mean? Ask him. He'll tell you. <laughs> Hallelujah. That means he liked to have a good left tackle when he was playing <laughs> ball in school. But you understand why I'm saying that? Hallelujah. And if you're going to live out of your spirit, you're going to put the things in your past behind you. Notice what I said, behind you. The only way you can truly forget those things that are behind. Remember what Paul said? He said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing. This is one thing I have apprehended. Forgetting those things that are behind me. How do, how do you forget them? You remember when Paul was writing, he said, receive us. We've wronged no man. What? Wrong no man? You only drug men and women by their heels. <laughs> to the authorities and witnessed against them and had them put to death. How can Paul say, we've wronged no man? Hmm. He's living out of his spirit. He didn't do that. The, other, the old man did that. Isn't God good? Let's stand up tonight. I hope you receive something from that.